All right, Amy Bilquist, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Brett. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, it's been a crazy 24 hours in the world, and especially yeah. in the world of sports and swimming. Uh, there's a lot going on right now with mm-hmm. coronavirus. Where where are we at with you, and what's happening, and you know, how's it affecting you? Um, so far, uh, I just had a meet canceled, my first meet back. I was going to swim in Oklahoma next week, and I was just kind of excited to train through it, but also just kind of get up on the blocks again. It's been since December. So I was really excited for that. And then halfway through my practice today, that's when USA Swimming came out with the 30-day no events. Um, So that was a bit of a bummer. But then I personally was a little more worried about my old teammates at Cal. Like, are they even going to have NCAAs? And I don't know. It's just not looking very likely right now. And I just send my heart out to them, especially the seniors. Yeah. It really does sound like those events are going to be canceled completely, uh, NCAAs, mm-hmm. especially being next week. Now, I'm not exactly sure when this podcast is going to come out, but probably around the time of, of NCAAs. Yeah. So um, at this stage, it doesn't look real good. No, and it's just hard. I mean, I had a teammate, Courtney Mickin, in her first time making it her senior year, and I just, like, that just breaks my heart. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, just, it's sad. I under, like, Unfortunately, I understand both sides of it. I'd rather like be on the side of sport. Like we should have these events and um, keep going. Like people work so hard, but at the same time, I do think some precautions need to be taken um, in order to try to get this under control. Yeah. Now you were just mentioning to me you have a sister with an autoimmune disease. Like uh, how yeah. how would it affect her? You think? Um, so my sister is super susceptible to getting really any type of like virus or anything just um she has a really low antibody count so Mm. say if i were to have gone to one of those meets um and then caught it like something for me that would be very like it would just a cold probably knock me on my butt for a few days could like really take her out to the point of like hospitalization and that just makes me really worried for her and i mean my parents aren't super young anymore so it's just um you know it's just as much as we focus in the sport of swimming on making ourselves better every day and focusing on us, us, us. Um, there are just ways that me being selfish and going to a meet could negatively impact my sister's health. And I would never want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to take in. There's so much information going on right now and you don't know um, what's real and what's not, but I guess the, the time that it really hits home is when it kind of hits people that, you either know personally or, you know, through um, being sports stars or media stars. And, you know, yesterday it came out that Tom Hanks and his wife were in Australia and, and they, they got it. So I think it kind of hits home when, when you feel like a personal connection to it, right? Right. Uh, yeah, more definitely. Um, I, at the beginning of this, I was like, oh, it's just kind of like everyone's building it up, building it up. And then it seems to your world gets smaller and smaller and smaller every day when you're hearing more and more people getting the virus, like all the NBA guys. And it, it, to me, that's crazy because they're seeing what so many teams a month and that can just spread so quickly. So yeah, it, it's just scary. The world gets small real quick and something like this. Yeah. Well, you're a professional athlete now and you're training for an Olympic trials, trying to make an Olympic team. You know, how, how is your mindset now? Like, how's it affecting you? Yeah, I definitely think right now I just keep moving forward and get better every 
every single day and um, just go until I'm told it's not going to happen. <laughs> like I'm not going to let up until I have a definite um, answer about whether or not this is canceled or we're going to keep going. So I think it's just, just keep steaming forward for as long as I can and um, live each day as if trials in the Olympics are going to happen. Yeah. Um, because I don't want to get in a spot where I'm like, oh, they may not happen, pull back, and then they do happen and I'm not prepared. Um, I definitely don't want to be in that position. Like today, sitting here right now, do you think the Olympic trials and, and even the Olympics are going to still go ahead as planned? You know, it's hard to say because I see so many other countries um, postponing their trials or canceling their trials. So at this point, like um, if there were an Olympics, I don't know who would all be there because if not, if countries aren't having trials and who are they going to send? Um, yeah. So that's, I don't know. I think the Olympics, no matter what will look different if they happen. Um, I don't think it'll be a normal Olympics, no matter what, even if they do happen. So. Yeah, it really does seem like it's, uh, it's, it's a crazy, crazy event right now. And, um, you know, I was sitting, I was watching the movie Outbreak last night and there were just so many parallels to what was going on in the movie that was made maybe 20 years ago to what was happening now. And the reality of it is, is there is just a lot of fear out there and, and a lot of anxiety, but, but there are people getting sick at the, at the end of the day, there are people getting sick and there are people dying. And I think really that's at the heart of the matter of this too, right? Right. Yeah. And I definitely think people are starting to realize um, with cases like Italy, where it wasn't really shut down at the beginning, how quickly this can really spread. Like it's, it seems to be doubling every week. And that's, um, that's the major fear. Um, because even if you're young and you get it, just how many people you could possibly spread it to is, is the really scary thing, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And you could not even know you have it and still be living your life for a little bit and not have symptoms yet and be spreading it to people who can't defend themselves and their bodies can't defend themselves as well. Are you at the point where you're in fear of leaving the house, going to the grocery store, going to practice? Are you, do you have fear leaving the house yet? No, I, I don't. Um, I mean, I would like to say I take pretty good precautions or I try to. So even at the weight room, like I'm trying to hand sanitizer I've hand sanitize after using like the weight, like the dumbbells and washing my hands before I leave, washing my hands when I get home, just really trying to be smart. Um, and the thing about the pool that's nice is I feel like when I get in the pool, like it can't touch me in the pool. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it just like chlorine is going to kill it. Um, but the benefit I have of Arizona is I've read that the virus doesn't like the heat too much. So living in Arizona right now is a bit of a benefit um, on that side. Okay, cool. Well, listen, let's get off that for a little while. You know, it's, uh, I, okay, I think yeah. we needed to talk about it. But um, just in terms of you, let's get back to how you became you. Um, you know, uh, I first heard of you recruiting, you know, when I was at Auburn and then um, you were at uh, up in uh, Carmel, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and you were kind of like the superstar high school athlete and everybody wanted to wanted to see this girl swim because you were doing some incredible things back then as a high school swimmer. Um, where did it, where did it, let's go back further than that. Where did it all start for you in swimming? 
Yeah. Um, so my family moved out to Arizona when I had just turned three and we had a pool in our backyard that had no fence. And my mom wanted me to be water safe. So she would just take me in every day and just bounce me around to get me used to the water. And by the age of four, I was on a rec summer team because they could, just could not keep me out of the water. I loved it so much. Age of six, I was on a full-time like club team. So swimming started really young for me. Um, but I think starting young for me was good because I, it was just so fun. Like it's so fun as a kid. Like I was like, can I go to practice? I want to see all my friends. And then I think as I got older, I mean, it was still really fun and I still had those friendships, but then I started to grow my love more for working hard and seeing what I could do in the sport and people being like, there's no way you could go that fast. And me being like, I'm going to show you, you know? Um, so that's just kind of really where my journey with the sport began. And then, um, age on my 16th birthday, we actually moved to Carmel, Indiana. And I think swimming just took a whole new level of seriousness there. Um, I had no idea what Carmel was until I got there. And then I realized I had walked into like the high school dynasty of swimming and um, Chris Plum and Ian Murray really just like kind of took me under their wing and said, let's just try to make you the best you can be. And um, yeah, it was a really exciting two years there. Yeah, they've they've got an incredible program there and have for many years. And Chris is uh, a, a brilliant coach. What are some of the things that they were doing that most high school programs aren't doing? They are just relentlessly pushing you in the best way. I mean, it's never like screaming or getting in your face and being nasty about it, but it's like, you can do better. Let's be better. Like, why are you holding back? Get going. And they're in just, Chris is so innovative. Um, we were doing things. He built his own pulley system. Like they weren't like the regular buckets or pulley systems. Like he took PVC pipes and old home Depot buckets. And he's like, like we're going to make a pulley system. And then I think he was one of the first people to really start this wiffle ball trend. So he was just always finding new ways to get better. And um, I just don't see that at other high schools in the country. Yeah. And you realize we're also a big part of the program too. Were you focused on that in your training and, and your competitions? Oh, yes, uh, definitely. It was really a team environment there. So that just kind of built the relays up and we had a lot of like individual girl superstars when I was there, like Claire Adams, Veronica Birchall. I mean, there was just like a lot of big names there. And it was, it was cool because I feel like for a while, it was just like all of us trying to be like, we're individually super good. But when we would come together on a relay, it was just such selfish or selfless swimming. And I think that's Carmel was my first taste of really just throwing it on the line for everyone but yourself you know just when you're at like at the end of the relay like just throwing it down and doing the best you can for everyone else and I mean if you didn't go faster on a relay than an individual it was kind of like what are you even doing at that point so I think that really that really like sparked my love for relays and I really wanted to be on a collegiate program that uh, gave me the opportunity to be on some really badass relays yeah, absolutely. You're doing some crazy things. Yeah, just off topic a little bit, you know, you're a tall girl. Uh, did you ever yeah. go through a period of time where you were, uh, you felt awkward or um, you were ashamed of being so tall or was there anything like that going on with you ever? Yes. Um, high school is tough. So yeah, yeah, my yeah. I got two, I got twin girls. Yeah. So I know all about it. Yeah. High school is definitely tough. I, um, so my freshman, sophomore year, of high school, I could not put muscle on or any like weight on for my life. Like I would eat like crazy, but I was 
swimming and playing volleyball at the time. So I was working out five to seven hours a day. And it just being at that time, I was six foot, maybe 120 pounds, maybe 125. Mm. Like I was just, if I turned sideways, I was gone. Um, So that was really hard. Like I got teased a lot. I definitely didn't look like the average girl in high school who had their hair and makeup done every day and like great clothes. I was just rolling in wet hair after morning practice and being like, time to learn. And um, yeah, that definitely changed when I moved to Indiana. I started hitting puberty and that's when it kind of went the other way. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm gaining weight now. This is so weird. I haven't been able to do this. But at the same time, it was really cool because at Carmel strength is so celebrated on the team. It's like, Mm. like how much can you do in the weight room? Like, that's so cool. A girl can do a pull up. That's awesome. And that's just a great environment to be in when you're a high school girl, because I mean, muscles aren't back then muscles weren't really like guys didn't like that. And, you know, you didn't want to look like that. That muscly tall girlfriend or girls weren't getting boyfriends you know it just just wasn't a thing at the time but um so I kind of was able to in my years there just gain confidence and be like this is my body this is what's making me a really good swimmer and like I should cherish that and be excited about it and happy with it so I think definitely my body image changed a lot my the latter two years of my high school career just because I was in an environment that really embraced being a strong woman yeah, well, that's, that's a great message for young girls out there because I know that a lot of, you know, girls struggle with it. And we get this a lot too of like, I don't want to look bulky. I don't want to look muscular. I don't look, you know, like a man. And so like having strength and also being feminine uh, don't always go hand in hand with the, the way women perceive themselves. Right. Um, and that's been just a tricky thing to balance. Like I am never going to have a year where I'm like, wow, a couple of the days where I'm like, wow, I just don't feel like that pretty today, you know, like that happens. But to be able to celebrate your body and everything it does for you, I think that's a beautiful thing and a beautiful message. Like your body is doing so much work for you. Like you're in the pool every day, just like putting your effort and everything into it. And like, you're going to get a couple muscles out of that. And those muscles are just proof of your hard work and dedication and that should be celebrated in my opinion it's not just about like how skinny you can be and all that stuff yeah yeah very good i love it um so you must have been what one of the top recruits in the country if not number one were you was it was there a ranking system back then yeah there was i mean my i still to this day think my class was the most loaded class ever coming out of high school i mean we had ledecky Baker, Uh, McLaughlin, Easton, uh, like, I think I was probably like five or six. I mean, I I was definitely up there, but my class was insane. I mean, Abby was in that class as well. So it was, it sounds like most of that sounds like most of those fast girls went to Cal too. (laughs) Yeah. It was like Cal Stanford. Yeah. It was like kind of split. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Nice. So what was that like being one of the top girls and, and how, how was the, the, the pressure or how did that evolve for you, you know, going to class every day and then knowing that some of the top coaches in the country were going to come and visit you and watch you and call you and text you or email you, whatever. How was that process? Um, it was, it was quite crazy to be honest. Um, but I feel like it's so, it pales in comparison to what the recruits go through now. But back then it was just like July 1st, they could start calling you and, I 
had morning practice July 1st and I kind of forgot that it was July 1st. So I took a nap and then all of a sudden my phone was ringing. I'm like, who is calling me? And I was like getting a little irritated. And then I looked at my phone. And I was like, oh my God, it's July 1st. What am I doing? Um, wow. So I started answering the calls and that was really fun. But I mean, Chris and Ian were just such good mentors through it all. I was able to like make pros and cons, like talk thoroughly about what I wanted in a program. And for the longest time, I thought I wanted to go to a combined program because at Carmel, I had trained pretty much with the guys. Mm. And I, I was just like, I probably, I think I just do better in like an environment with the guys. Like it's just what I was like, I didn't want any of the drama that I just thought came with a woman's team. Mm. Um, and then as we got to talking and as I started looking at colleges, I was like, man, the guys are just so much faster by the time you get to college. that it's like, I couldn't like if Cal men and women were combined, I would get, I'd be like body surfing the whole practice with their waves. Like, I just don't think that I would have been able to like compete with the guys. So then I started shifting my focus to a little bit more of a woman's team. And I, I really wanted to go somewhere where academics were as important or even more important than the swimming, because I have always been raised that school comes first, school comes first. If you're not doing well at school, you're not, doing your sports like that's just mm. not going to happen yeah. um and I think that was a great move by my parents because it really made me um better apt to balancing them both in college but the thing that really drew me into Cal in the end was I knew I it was a good swim program and it was going to continue to be a swim good swim program same with the school but I just was so in awe of the bond those girls had when I was at meets and I could just look at the team areas. They were, Cal was always like having fun and they were always dancing. And to me, I wanted to go somewhere where I was able to have fun as well, yeah. like with the team. So um, yeah, eventually um, that was my decision. My parents were super surprised. Um, they definitely did not think I was going to Cal. And then I told them, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to commit to Cal. And they, they, I mean, they were happy. They were just like, are you sure that like, you really, that's what you want. And, um, yeah, so it was really fun. Yeah. Well, it's the other side of the country, so I'm sure they weren't thrilled about it, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, well, that's, that's awesome. Um, you know, I, my perception, and I don't know this for sure. I haven't had a lot of uh, dealings with Terry and, I don't. I, I just know her from afar, and I know her record. But I get the sense that if if she was a male and and she had the record that she has now as as a male, she would yeah. be regarded as one of the greatest coaches of all time. But for some reason, Terry's not talked about in that realm. Now, don't get me wrong; she she is talked about as a very successful coach. But I don't think people put her in the same categories in Eddie Reese or Jack Bowley or you know these coaches that first names that they just jumped to whereas Terry's one of the most successful coaches in history and she's had to go up against all these men you know who right. work together and I don't get the sense that they they, they love working with Terry because she's a female but yeah and they don't love being beaten by her but she's so successful so what do you think makes her brilliant at what she does she, ah, a lot of different reasons she won't quit like she won't quit she won't give up on a team um I mean there's been some times at Cal where our team was just like felt like it was falling apart and we just couldn't get it together and there was never a period where she was like I'm done like you guys figure it out like she was always like what's the issue like let's figure it out and let's get move on with it but I also think I mean I've had a lot of coaches 
Terry is so brilliant at writing sets that translate into a race. I mean, it's not like the USRPT type of style where I feel like that's literally you're trying to be in a race, but mm. she can just like mentally and physically get you into the mindset that you're racing. And it's a culture where every day you're giving 110% at practice. And if you're not giving 110% at practice, why are you here? And I just think that unfortunately, because she's a woman, a lot of people are just like, just don't give her the real credit she deserves for everything she has done. And being one of her swimmers, like not only did I grow and become a better swimmer, like I became a better person. Like she puts you definitely in real world situations and makes you grow up. And there's definitely some growing pains, but I wouldn't be the athlete, the person, the student, the daughter I was today without have gone uh, going through Terry's program. And I wish she would get more recognition. And I think a lot of the people, I mean, sometimes Terry's like in your face on deck, which mm. it's because she cares and she's trying to like get through to you type of thing. But I think people see that and they're like, oh my gosh, like how could she be like that? But it's like, you look the team over, the guy's screaming at his yeah. swimmers, you know, it's like, it's because she's a girl that those little actions are like deemed unacceptable or just like mm. not, I don't know. It, it's really frustrating. And it, and it's hard to see because I mean, like you, sw like I've swam for her for four years and it's like, I, there's just some times that people comment on swim swam or say things and they don't even know her. And yeah. that's, I think that's when it gets hard. People are just judging her for things that they don't know. And I mean, she's a really good coach. She can kick your butt in five minutes, like more than any coach I've ever had. And she's just keeps it new and is an original um, type of coach like with the practices she writes but yeah it, unfortunately it, because she's a woman I yeah she doesn't get a lot of the credit that she deserves yeah no I I agree and I thought you said that really well because uh that gave me some insights into it as well because I don't, I don't know her that well but um anyone that has a record like hers you you have to say they're doing things well <laughs> you know you can't take right. that away yeah. from them they're doing some things well yeah. and they're really good at what they do and and you're right I think that we do see Dave Durden and, and other coaches react certain ways on the deck and then when a female does that, they're looked, they're looked at a little bit differently or they're talked about differently. Yeah. So, um, but, but obviously you had a lot of success there. Um, you also had some challenges while you were there in college, you know, going in as yeah. one of the, the top recruits and then, and then having some, some challenges up front. What were some of those challenges you faced over the four years? Uh. Well, if you can take my last two years of high school and add it to the four years of college, I had at least 12 stress fractures in my tibias. Mm. And then I got mono. Um, I was in the hospital for a, um, a pretty bad stomach infection my freshman year. I broke my foot. Um, I mean, I was just in and out of a boot, it seemed like, for four years with all the stress fractures. That was probably the thing that held me back the most. Um, and then just a couple sicknesses along the way, but it doesn't sound like a lot, but it was just one after the other, after the other, like I would get healthy and then something would happen. It seems. And I just, I, I unfortunately never got a full season of health, which is something that like, it, it sucks to be honest, but at the same time, I don't, I don't even know what I would do with a full season of health. I feel like I haven't had one in so long that it feels like my seasons are characterized by 
me having to train so differently until I can train normally again. And then just like trying to find a way to push through it. So it's interesting. But the one thing I, um, I think that was amazing about me going to Cal is that because the training was so untraditional that I was still able to stay in shape and still able to, when I was fully healthy, get right back into it. I mean, there was still some like adjustment weeks, but for the most part, I mean, I was my senior year in a boot from September to October 22nd, broke my foot October 23rd, was in a boot until mid-December, and then came back and had the best NCs of my four years. So I think like that says a lot to the program like and how we train and also to the medical staff at Cal, like they're, they were awesome as well. But yeah, I mean, I've definitely had my fair share of challenges, but a lot of swimmers have. And I was actually getting interviewed a, a couple of weeks ago and the reporter was like, Oh, I characterize your career. Like when you look back at your career, how would you characterize it? And he's like, I think I would characterize you as like, a warrior like someone who just never gave up you got hurt a lot and you just kept coming back and I had never sat back and reflected upon my career like that and that made me really proud that someone outside of it could see that I didn't give up like although it was really hard and there were days and weeks where I was like do I just stop is this my body saying like please enough is enough um or do I keep going until I get that another shot at trials that I've always wanted. Um, Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, I've had my fair share, but everyone has, it just, mine seemed to come more in injuries. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, do you have certainly dealt with some, so let's not, let's not get into any more of that injury stuff. Let's stay healthy. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Cross my fingers. (laughs) Uh, So, but you had some successes too. What are some moments where you were super proud of the results and you felt like it all came together and you really achieved what you'd set out to do? Yeah, um, definitely my freshman year at Pac-12s when I won the 200 back. It's that's an event I just do not like (laughs) at all. But um, I felt like at that moment everything just kind of came together, and then. NCs wasn't exactly what I wanted at that meet. And then fast forward to 2016 trials. um, In the moment, felt like a complete failure. Getting third and fourth, third in the 100 back, fourth in the 200 back. Like I felt like America's biggest failure at that point. Even though I had gone best times by like insane amounts for being an 18-year-old. It felt like I was dropping times like an age grouper at that meet. But since I didn't make the Olympic team, it felt like a super failure and that was really hard for me to deal with until like a couple, like a year. I think I finally came to terms with it my senior year where it was like, you know, that wasn't a failure. If that was any other me not being trials, I would have been so ecstatic with how I performed. Mm. Like that would, I would be so happy, but had it been trials and me getting third, it felt like a failure. So I think that me, everything really came together. I felt like everything I had gained from Carmel and then the year I had been at Cal really just like blossomed into this really good meet. And then I just felt like I had like a dull couple of years. I mean, I had some good swims here and there, but then senior year at NCAAs have been the most fun meet I have ever had in my entire life. I mean, I went best times and everything I swam and it was just, to me, it felt like such a like finally, like finally, 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 I've worked so hard. I've pushed through so many injuries and being sick and everything. And like, here I am now. And it's with this amazing team. And I 
don't think I stopped smiling that entire meet. So I think that was really just, to me, that felt like the pinnacle of my career at, like to that date, just because everything clicked, everything worked, everyone around me was having fun. And it, I don't know, just me, I don't even have words for my senior year in season. Yeah. 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 I've seen you, uh, at your best and I've seen you low, but, uh, when you're at your best, you look incredible. What, what do you feel when you're swimming at your best, when you're swimming super fast in the water, what are some of the things that you're feeling? I think my best races, um, like I'm just not, when I'm in those best races, like I'm not thinking. And I, when I feel like I'm overthinking a race, it's typically not when I'm at my best where I'm like, hiable, hiable, turnover, turnover, go, go, go. Like to me, that's when I'm like struggling to make a race happen. But when I'm kind of like in the zone and my body's just kind of taking over, those are definitely my best races. Um, yeah, I, it just, for me, it's like the race is obviously hard, but it's this feeling where it's like, the water and I are kind of moving together and this is working and I'm not fighting it. So that's, that's definitely one of my favorite feelings and a feeling I chase um, and want every single meet, but doesn't always happen. Yeah. Are you a competitive person by nature? Do you, do you, oh, yeah. yeah. Like does oh, yeah. this crossover in different realms as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm definitely competitive. Um, it, I have been since I can remember. I, remember flag football my I was seventh grade and we were playing flag football in the rain and I was like trying so hard and playing so hard that I was running and didn't see a patch of mud and slid fell hit my head on a rock knocked myself unconscious for five minutes (laughs) and it's just like and then I like woke up and I was kind of like did we win like I just (laughs) wanted to like win and um yeah it's been like that ever since I was young I think my age group coach um Ryan Kent, who like recently passed away, had just really instilled that in me. He was like, you got to Like, you got to compete. You got to compete. You got to compete. And I mean, that helped me compete in the classroom as well. And sometimes it gets a little too extreme when I'm like with my boyfriend, I'm like, I bet I could do more pull-ups than you. And then I just can't not at all. But I like try, like, I'm always trying to find a competition and everything. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we had, we had some interesting moments with, um, the LA current, I was one of the coaches and you were one of the athletes and, and we got to know each other really well. And, uh, I was just impressed with the way that some athletes would approach the racing of like, look, put me wherever you need me. And you were definitely one of those people. And I love that attitude. Like it's so refreshing as a coach to have an athlete say, if you want me in that event, I'll do that event. I don't care. You know, if that's where the team needs me and you've, you've always, you've always had that attitude with us. Is that something that you had at Cal as well? Um, I definitely gave a lot of pushback on the 200 back when I was at Cal. Um, I did so well in it my freshman year that I think that's where a lot of like the attention was turned to and the 200 back just like it freaked me out for the longest time. And I just, for me, I have always known that for me to, to be good at a 200 back, I need to, I think most people approach training for a 200 back as like mid distance and aerobic backstroke. But when I do that, I'm so tall and so big that my tempo gets so slow. Yeah. So for me, a set that works better is sprint back, sprint back, sprint back, just as long as I can hold that for mm. and try to keep that tempo up. So I would always 
I think I just like would psych myself out so much and just feel like I wasn't able to do it. And then um, by the time I graduated and started being a professional and moved to Scottsdale, I really just had the, I had a kick for a long time because I broke my hand. And then that amount of kick gave me confidence in my endurance. So by the time we got to ISL and you guys are like, we need you in the two back. I was like, you know what, just let you know, I hate it. And maybe don't talk to me before it, but I will try my best. And then I got out there and when I was a 50 and then I turned, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm not going to die during this race. Like I've got this. Um, so I think my, that confidence in my endurance and my legs just kind of shifted how I viewed that race. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you came up to me right before it and you were like, listen, I just want to coach you on how to coach me in this one. Don't talk to me. Don't tell me what to do. And I was like, all right, I got it. And easy. That's an easy one. So, and then I was like, and then I went over to David and I told him what you had said and David Marsh. And, um, I think we were like, all right, well, let's see how this goes. And then you went and we're like, oh, wow, she's destroying this field. Like it was, <laughs> it was like you had just gone into this zone. So, um, yeah, it was definitely nice to see. Uh, that was cool. Did you enjoy your experience with the ISL and competing? I really did. I am so happy I did it. And I'm so happy I was on LA. Um, it was just like, it felt like kind of being in college again, just on steroids and, it was just so much fun and I I hope the ISL keeps going the way it has it's just such a fun experience and I think it really gives kids something to look forward to as a professional athlete you know it's like I think people see college and then you only keep swimming if you have a really really good shot of making an Olympic team but ISL opens so many doors and um, allows so many fans to connect even closer with the athletes so ISL was I it was really one of my favorite experiences in my whole career and yeah, I LA current forever. Yeah. <laughs> Good. We need you. No, I mean, it's not a perfect system. That's definitely got some flaws, I think, and there's yeah. some challenges ahead and as we can see with energy standard and the way that they're recruiting right now. Right. Um, I think we can all recognize that it's not perfect, but it's like you said, it's certainly opening up opportunities for for just the regular NCAA athletes to extend their careers. And, and maybe get a taste of professional swimming. And I think that's great for everybody, you know, but, you know, like you and like me, we're competitors. We don't like to go yeah. into something knowing we're going to lose. We want right. to win, you know? So yeah. I, I think that's the challenge ahead, right? Yeah. I, def- I mean, I definitely think the drafting system needs to change. Like this recruiting system is not working for any other teams besides one. And I just, think that yeah for in order for the isl to keep going and floor like flourishing there there needs to be some change in that yeah yeah well i agree and that can be another topic for discussion yeah. another day. <laughs> um well listen uh i've i really enjoyed talking to you and there's so much more i could talk to you about but right now i'll be honest with you my phone is blowing up because uh yeah. of uh, of the coronavirus and things yeah. that are changing and evolving so quickly so um i kind of do have to jump off but um really love talking to you now one last thing do you think let's say olympic trials go ahead and the olympics go ahead is is it something that you see yourself doing next year do you want to continue swimming or is this are you kind of looking at this maybe as your last year um you know i love the sport of swimming so much and i would love to keep doing it forever i think i have a little bit of a different challenge whereas my body is just really starting to like 
not be able to keep up with the volume of training that I need to do to be at this level. Um, so it's going to be a hard look in the mirror after the summer and decide what I want to do. I mean, I would love to keep swimming. I still love the sport, but I also want to have good, healthy body for the, the long run um, in my life. And we're already kind of looking at my left knee, uh, possibly getting the surgery that my right knee just had. So it just mm. really brings in a lot of, um, just a lot of questions about my overall like health and well-being. But I still love swimming. And I mean, I'm not going to say I'm done yet, but I, I am not also going to say I'm going to keep going. So I'm just kind of, mm. I really just need to see what happens and how my body holds up. Yeah. Well, listen, I've really enjoyed getting to know you and, and working with you. I think you're awesome. And I, I do hope that you continue, but at the same time, I don't want you to, you know, live in pain for the rest of your life, but, but yeah. swimming is definitely a big part of your life and has, mm-hmm. has brought you a lot of joy as well. So I do hope you find a way to continue, but, um, but thanks for being with us today. I appreciate it. Anna, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Amy. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye.